0: And welcome back to another night edition of Fully Equipped. I believe this is going to become a regular thing, boys. And this week when I say boys, I mean Uncle Gene and RB <laughs> live from Pebble. For everybody that out there that now knows, hopefully you know, Fully Equipped is now on YouTube. And we are, are uploading all of the episodes to the new Fully Equipped YouTube page. So if you're watching this, you're seeing RB and Uncle Gene in frame together at pebble i'm very jealous boys how are we doing
1: we are great we are really great we're not staying together by the way we're oh this is a couple of inquiring know. <laughs> come on there's, there's there's only so far but we want to show that you know to our regular listeners out there that two opposite sides of a discussion can get together and break bread so and, know,
0: and maybe cool. drink some wine from what it's I was it's
1: wine, which may be coming shortly. If my brother comes into frame because he has no idea that we're uh, recording this, I may have to like just wave him over just to get a little wine, just to keep you going.
0: Hundred percent. Gotta right. gotta gotta keep Uncle Gene lubricated. <laughs> um, anyway, all right. Well, we're going to get to the pebble talk, but there was a lot going on last week. PGA show, Arby and Uncle Gene were both there, and listen. I, I think we need to at least recap the PGA Merchandise Show, because I, I will be I'll be frank. I, I have I have blasted the PGA Merchandise Show in the last couple of years. I me personally, I don't see the value. And I don't know. I, I talked to some people there on the grounds. It sounds like the show's making a comeback. Uh, maybe I should change my tune. What, what say you guys, what was, what was the scene like in Orlando?
2: It was busy. and I, I feel the same sentiment from a lot of people. Um, the floor was, was busy. It was a couple, I would say like 20, 2019 was like the last one where it was like, it felt more spread out and they've definitely from like an organizational perspective cut down on floor space, like 100%. Like it is, they've, I would say it's probably two thirds what it was like five, six years ago. But what is in that floor space is all like really good stuff. Like they tried to fill it with pickleball a couple of years ago, and yes, there was like a pickleball court there still. And like I know nothing about pickleball, so I can't comment if it was cool or not. I have no idea. But as far as golf and what golf like what we concern ourselves with, there was a lot of people. I think a lot of people thought that it was a, a good place to be that that week. Uh, I was only there for the Wednesday. It's always the busiest day, the first day after demo day. Floor was was packed. It was it was great to see the way that they had organized the show. There was a, an area for, for a new product that was specifically showcased. The OEMs had their own spaces. Clothing companies had their own spaces. And then where Gene was at the end of the range, like that was another, again, another total space on its own. And considering how many times I've been to the show at this point, which I, I think it's probably, been a, it's probably four or five. I mean, I'm probably at five now. Uh, it, was, it was busy. It felt busy. It felt like there was a bit of a buzz. People were excited. And whether that's because, th- like, uh, you know, to be very frank, business is booming, as they say. Um, but there definitely seemed to be a positive direction. And another thing, too, I think there was a lot of people who were, like, really serious about, This Again, this sounds really bad or like, you know, a phrase I don't like. Like, Not about growing the game because I don't think that's a fair sentiment, but there was a lot of people there who like focused on things outside of just like trying to sell people something about whether it be organizations or different presentations about bringing people into golf or those kind of things. Like there did seem to be a lot of that as well, which I think is something that probably was lacking, uh, you know, before that I'd seen it this year.
1: Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting getting feedback because, uh, to your point, Jay, well, everybody, especially a lot of the, you know, exhibitors, a lot of times they can be doom and gloom about, oh, is this worth it, etc. And a lot of them were really surprised that I talked to and they're like, attendance is up. And it's kind of like the economy as a whole. Everybody's been waiting for this recession, right? And there's just been this... Recession, recession, recession. And it's probably been going on for two or three years. And all the economic data keeps coming back saying, no, we're not in a recession. And, you know, people are purchasing. And it's the same thing with golf. Everybody keeps waiting for us to return to the kind of the median or the mean, meaning, you know, just to get back to historical averages. And we're not. I mean, golf is still booming. The the one thing that I noticed that's really interesting is the show seems to be de-emphasizing equipment and emphasizing technology more. There were so many launch monitor. Companies there were so many. Yes, that's. I didn't say that. Yes, that's that's a very good point. So many launch monitor companies, and you know, automated. Does that cover- does that seem
0: like that space is big enough to to give everybody a piece of the pie?
1: Uh, it, it, it it there's going to have to be a shakeout there has to be and but everybody wants to get into it um, and also golf entertainment you know Callaway's uh you know top tracer booth was bigger than their equipment booth you know to show their top tracer technology so um, golf entertainment simulators I mean that's that's big business and that. There's there's a strong emphasis, you know. It's still kind of interesting. I think it's what is this the third year TaylorMade has not been there? At least you know I, they're I, not they're
0: not coming back. They're not coming back.
2: I think it's probably four or five, at least five years. Actually, I've only been to the show once when TaylorMade was there, and that would have been close to a decade ago. Yeah. So I and I and I think it's, it's not. And this is no offense, TaylorMade. We love TaylorMade, but like nobody missed them. But everyone, from an equipment perspective, to your point, people know what's going on with TaylorMade. Like, they don't need a booth. And, like, I talked to some reps from some OEMs. I will not mention any names because this is more than one, and I'm not going to put anyone under the bus here. But they were like, we're here because some of our pros are here. It's a good time to get face-to-face. But, like, we're not really selling anything. We've already sold them everything. Like, we've already done our sell-ins, whereas the clothing companies, they were doing bookings for the fall. Right, right. They've got booths set up, they've got appointments set up. They are doing booking. So this is, it is this unique situation where all of these companies, and I talked some, I did talk someone on the record, like Cobra, they were like, look, our booth's different. It's more open, it's more experiential because we want people to like experience our brand, but we're not here actively selling. We wanna showcase stuff, but no one's walking around booking appointments to like sell 50 putters. like." The goal is just to have people come in and experience it and have fun and like see what the product's all about if you haven't seen it already, because that's why we're here.
1: It's it's almost like it's becoming instead of a sales thing a marketing. Uh, you know, the, I'm I'm thinking I, I swear so uh, foresight hired me to bring my mobile robot. Uh, they are introduced or have introduced the GC Quad Max, which I teased a couple of pods ago with RB because it has a swing training yeah. aspect. Yeah. You don't need to hit a ball, so you can do speed training on it. And so um, I was able to highlight a lot of the technology of the GC Quad Max. It's a really interesting unit. It's a significant upgrade, and it's worth looking at. But the thing that I got a kick out of was I must have had 50 people come up to me with their iPhones. Hey, I'm so-and-so from something. And I'm like, I have no idea who you are. And, you know, here's 30 seconds with the robot. And I'm like, how many people you got really following you and watching this? But I mean, you know. It, it, we,
0: it's, we know some people love the robot.
1: Yeah, well, people love the robot because, you know, it's just it's something different in, in a sea of, you know, kind of the same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: But but what was more fascinating was it seems like, you know, to what RB was saying about Cobra, it's almost like a marketing uh, exercise at this point to get the word out, to get, you know, the brand out so that, you know, people are interested and it's at the, you know, the front of their mind when they start making their purchasing decisions in the next month or two.
0: Yeah. For the most part I don't think that you see anything new and I'm speaking specifically to the to the gear front. You don't really see a whole lot new. I know although RBU did
2: yeah, post a couple of pictures of
0: Ping <laughs> I know had some had some forthcoming irons that were were on the show floor. So there there is a little bit of new and I think that's that's mainly the the reason if you're a journalist if you cover gear for a living like we do that's maybe the reason why you go, but let's be honest. I, the stuff that you saw on the floor, I saw. I saw it. I saw it at Ping headquarters. So it's well, it's it's out there. But I, I think to your point, though, and it's a good one. Maybe the what people are coming to the show for is changing, and maybe that's why I feel like I'm changing my tune a little bit. Is you know, it, it just feels like if I were to go to the show now and, and RB, you were there and i think you've kind of said a little bit to this point which is it's more to just see the people it's it's more to to catch up in person we we correspond with a lot of these folks via email and zoom calls it's not so much to get product downloads by the time rb shows up in orlando i mean he and i have have already cranked out a whole bunch of write-ups we're we're deep into to prepping for club tests in the magazine we're on to producing and, and getting things ready for robotic insights. It's just the cadence has changed. It's, it's no longer that we're going to the PGA show to see new product for the very first time. We've already seen it. We know what it's doing. There's still a value to it. Don't get me wrong. I just think that, that maybe from my perspective, it's like I need to stop looking at it just simply as like, what's the value of going to Orlando? There is a value there. It's just well, changed for somebody like me, whereas maybe others are getting to experience the gear for the first time. And that's pretty awesome.
1: I, I I totally agree with you. I don't think it's about the gear. I think it's about running into people in hallways, running into people, you know, at, at, you know, the bar at the hotel across the way and just catching up and getting kind of, you know, industry information. And you also get people that are out of their, kind of environment you know so you guys jump on a zoom call like i do or you go to an hq or you know an r&d facility and when you're sitting there one-on-one with people number one you get to know them and you're establishing relationships but number two you get some good dirt sometimes you know as to as to what's really going on and 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 it's uh that's that's what i find and i'm always like surprised at how, I mean, you know, uh, telecommunications via the internet is amazing, but there's something about being in person and just seeing someone's reactions and you're able to, uh, kind of, there's an intimacy there that information is exchanged more freely than it is in other forums i found. Yeah.
0: Was there anything that you saw during your time in Orlando that, that impressed you surprised you something that you, you didn't expect to see when you showed up.
2: Again, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not gear. Like I, but, is, let's, like,
0: but let's look at like non gear RB. I mean, yeah, is, like, is, is there like is like anything them. else that, that like piqued your interest?
2: Puma's got some really cool shoes. Like they got some new, like classically styled stuff that is going to appeal to more of the which I don't think we've really ever seen before. But they still. Then they got like a, a chunky dad shoe with with spikes in it, and I'm like, these are pretty sweet. And I think um, saw the Malbon booth. They were doing they were doing some bookings. They had some like limited edition putters. I don't know who made them, but it was like interesting. Did they, to did see. they have a
0: Jason Day line
2: out yet? Ah, uh, no. Not that I with, saw with the I mean, '90s I was cardigans and, uh, the JNCOs and
0: the the jinkos and the whole shebang,
2: <laughs> I was. I I spent a few minutes in there. Uh, I didn't really say, didn't like talk too much. I just kind of like browsed and took a couple pictures. But um, I do think that like golf, and I and I say this to someone who you know smugly or non smugly or very self aware belongs to a country club with a dress code where like I can't wear certain things. And it's like, man, that's like half my wardrobe. <laughs> like I'm being serious. Yeah. And I hope some of that. And then, you know what? I hope some of this does filter down because. It is, it is one of those things where I hope that there is like, I understand, I understand tradition. I understand like, you know, etiquette and all of these things, but there is a point where there has to be some merging of two things. And, you know, I, I would say like four, maybe four or five years ago, I would say a lot of the clothing geared, geared towards like younger people or even women were, let's say on the borderline of like, I don't want to say inappropriate, but like, you know, Pushing the envelope like really far, and it's been pulled back a little bit. And I've seen brands that have really, uh, like again, I said stuff to my wife. I was like, like this approaches women's fashion very differently than you've enjoyed using. Like you, you've like interacted with golf stuff because you know what you would see on Instagram isn't something you could actually really wear to the golf course. Someone is wearing that because of like you know they're getting paid to wear it, and then you know they're looking to get clicks on Instagram. Be very, you know, very self-aware of that stuff. But to me, I think the idea of like there is this evolving trend. Now, I say it from the standpoint of, quote, unquote, a younger person who's nearly 40 in the (laughs) golf industry. Right. So what does that look like for someone who is actually 20 or 25 or 30 who is trying to get into the game, who wants to approach the game and have a lot of fun and just do things a little bit differently? and i believe that that's really starting to change i i hope that it's starting to change because you know the the stuff that's the big baggy or like you know the traditional golf clothing it has a place it always has a place just like a tuxedo always has a place as far as formal attire is concerned like no offense you can't wear a tuxedo at some point you're never still never going to be able to wear a a tuxedo t-shirt to a state of the union dinner Right. you
0: never know. Maybe you
2: never know. Someone might pull it off. But I do. I just think there is this movement of like forward that's happening. It's slow. It's golf. It's always going to be slow. I don't want it to be slow, but I want to see change. I want to see this development of things being a little bit more approachable. And side note, I got this sweet, sweet, sweet Seamus head cover that looks like the Costco logo from their booth. I looked. I went and got it for myself. I paid cold hard cash for that thing. And, uh, you know, seeing stuff like that, it's just, it's, it's fun to be there in person and know like, Hey, I was at the show. I was able to buy that. It's pretty neat.
0: That's awesome. All right. Well, I think the, the overall, the consensus here is that the show is changing and it's, it's moving in a good direction. And I like to see that. I, you know, I don't think that I want us to live in a world where the PGA merchandise show isn't a thing. I think there was a point during COVID where I think everybody wondered if the show was going to come back and if so, what would it look like? Because when it did come back, it, it was, it was not the same show. The juice was gone. A lot of manufacturers were pulling out. It, you weren't quite sure who was coming back. So it is, it's nice to see the PGA merchandise show having a little bit of res, of a resurgence. And, and hopefully that continues going on in through this year into the next show next year. Um, all right. A couple of things that I did want to plug. Before we talk about Lexi Thompson and Max Fly golf balls, I can't believe we're going to talk about Max Fly on the podcast. Um, but two things: one, so you've heard us talk about the 2024 club test that, yeah, that golf does. We have our our proving ground, which is our player testing, and then we also have our robotic testing. And we've started to release this week all of our proving ground write ups. We'll have a couple left. I know RB is going to be pending one on his testing experience with PXG for the following week. But we have up on the site right now Mizuno. We have, well, have, we'll have Zexio, TaylorMade, Callaway, Ping, uh, all basically a lot of the major players all getting, oh, there's Gene in his wine. <laughs> <laughs> and RB with a beer. I was about to say if, if Arby's drinking drinking wine, I I was gonna be a little bit surprised. He seems like a beer beer man to me. But anyway, go check out our Proving Ground write ups. It's where our our editors and writers offer their their takes on testing all the latest gear. We still believe in player testing feedback. You know, we're not emphasizing it as, as much as we used to because we believe that the robotic insights are extremely important. And again, they offer an unbiased look. But we have a, a wide range of handicaps and it is really fun to to see our testers offer those takes and and pick out products that I mean look <laughs> Connor Federico when he went to ping and I got a lot of shit for this for and maybe it was just for the the flagrant headline you know Connor gained if if you if you're looking at at total, I think he gained 44 yards on his on his previous gamer driver by switching to the the ping G430. Max 10K. And I did highlight in the story, for those of you that didn't just read the headline, you know, Connor was at 4,200 spin with the driver. And it wasn't like he was playing an old driver. But it is fun to to have these stories because it highlights not just the importance that that new gear can play in your life, but the importance of getting fit. And I think that's that's one of the things that you're going to see from a lot of our testers, not just Connor, but, but a few others, they, they learned a lot about their gear. I mean, James Colgan is another example. One of our, uh, big game, James from golf.com. He had a putter that was like, I think it was seven degrees aloft. He had no idea that it was just completely jacked up. So again, the importance of getting fit and and you can learn more about all the new gear on our, our proof and ground writeups.
2: And to the point of being fit, like I, I know we, I, I think it was posted today tuesday so if anyone's seeing this like i hear golfers make excuses all the time and i broke down on our on the website of like why people make excuses the most popular excuses that i've ever heard and why they're all wrong <laughs> yeah why you need to go out there and just better understand your gear and Connor's connor's the best example because look he's he's the he's a mid-level handicap he has access to equipment he has access to like getting fit but he just really never went through the process and making assumptions about your golf game and knowing more about your golf game while having a third party look at it and it's the same with you'll hear it in, in my fitting as well when i talk about it is i fit and build golf clubs like i know my ins and outs of, of golf clubs but i'll tell you i love getting behind in front of a launch monitor where someone else is is doing the feeding me of equipment very similar to the fitting that I did with Aaron Dill. I didn't look at grinds. I didn't look at shafts, And the goal was to figure out what was best for me. And at the end of the day, I found out that in most cases, a lot of the stuff that I had was exactly what I needed, but there was a particular club that needed a different grind. And to me, that was the showcase of not looking at the product, not looking at it and saying, wow, I didn't think that because of this preconceived notion And I deal with a lot of golf equipment. So imagine with someone who really has very little knowledge of their own equipment, what that can do. And I think that's why fitting is just so important. And we continue to focus on why robot data is applied to fitting, why player feedback is obviously in a fitting environment. And all that comes together to help inform golfers to make decisions, but also still hopefully push them in the direction of finding a fitter they can work with and feel confident about their gear.
1: You know, to to real world it. So, uh, my brother, who's up here with me, we uh, and he's in the background pouring his drinks right now. So, shout out to Paul, thank you. Um, we uh, uh, we played Pacific Grove golf links today, and I think one of the guys was in his mid to late seventies, and the other guy was in his early eighties. But they were out there hustling, they were walking, and when they teed off the ball didn't get more than four feet off the ground. Like, you know, a really smoking tee shot got 10 or 12 feet off. And I I just, I, 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 I'm not, you know, unless somebody asks me what I do or probes me, I'm just not going to say anything. But I just walked do you did by. The, do, you know,
0: do you know who I am?
1: <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> uh, but I walked by and looked in their bag. And one of the guys had a nine degree lofted driver and the other guy had, and I mean, these guys they're swinging at like 65, 70 miles an hour. Just shake
0: them, shake some sense into them. Tell them them what the the, hell they're missing. What
1: I was telling my brother about this. I said, they don't know any better. That's my point is they are just, they, this is a driver and this is the driver that you tee off with. And, You know, I was telling my brother, I'm like, they should be playing. And you, there are some drivers out there that you can get that are up to like 14 degrees, right? You know, but they needed, you know, somewhere between a three and a five wood to get the ball in the air, and the game would be so much more enjoyable for them because they'd hit the ball another probably 20 yards further. And it was really wet out there. You've done
0: that that test, Gene.
1: Yeah, with with your robot
0: driver versus three wood, and there are there are. yeah. It's
1: just fascinating to see, you know, like we're we're doing a great job with information, and we're doing a great job educating. But man, there is a long way to go. What, what's, what's
0: the what's the old the, the old saying? You can lead a horse to
2: water,
1: but you can't make him drink. I don't. But like for these guys, I don't think they get the information, you know, and and they belong to the Pacific Grove Men's Club and they play two to three times a week. and You know, I mean, they were, they're, you know, technically sicko golfers as far as, but just like their knowledge of equipment, it was just fascinating to watch. And I think that's more common than not as, as to, you know, what this is. But it's the same thing with fitting and things like that they will spend the money to play and be out there but you know i looked at all their gear and it was probably 15 20 years old and that's fine i don't care the age it's just get the right gear that helps you you know to make the game a little bit more enjoyable we'll get to some takes on amateur gear at Pebble in a minute
0: <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure RB does have a couple of spicy ones um, the other the other thing that i wanted to plug if you didn't listen to last week's podcast um go back and listen i'm biased but <laughs> it, it's it, it is a really fun free-flowing interview with scotty cameron thank you to those that that have reached out and and all the positive feedback that you've sent my way on that interview i had nothing to do with it i just asked the questions but scotty told some incredible stories we've 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 tried to to plug a few of those a little bit more than others. But the one about Tiger and the putter, the Terrellium putter <laughs> that, he, that he kind of moved the neck back on that Tiger had bent during the 99 Buick at Tory. Listen, I've, I've heard a lot of stories over the years, but not as many as, G- as Gene. But I've, be, I've been grateful to have, have been in the room with a lot of really important people. Not just tour pros, but but the guys that have actually made the made the clubs, and the reps that have worked on the gear with the pros. I I don't know, man. That story Scotty told might be my my favorite, and that's saying something. It was it was so good. Anyway, go listen to the podcast if you. Uh, I'm just that's my way of, of teasing it heavily. Go listen to last week's pod with Scotty Cameron. It's well worth your time. It's it's over ninety minutes, but. Listen to it. Listen to it on your ride to and from work for a couple
2: of days. I used to have a forty-five. I used to have an hour drive to work. That was a, that was a full podcast anyway. That was a good <laughs> one. So I liked it. I listened to. It. I actually listened to it on the way to the airport because I didn't hear it. I I liked it. You know, as a, as a golf nerd, I was I was curious to hear it. We, you didn't you didn't give me any inside access to early listening, so I just listened to it when it dropped. Oh, I, 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 I need on. those.
0: We need those listens, man. Even even, <laughs> even if it's us just patent our own podcast, we we need those listens. Uh, anyway, all right, uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna save Pebble towards the the end of this pod because I do want to discuss Lexi Thompson and her new golf ball deal with Max Fly. So, I mean, when when was the last time do you do you think before this week that MaxFly was relevant? Back in the nineties,
2: I said daily because I know we, we actually yeah, had a discussion yeah. kind of behind the scenes, but daily, I worked golf retail, so that was like whatever a long time ago now and the Maxfly Maxfly kind of Maxfly had the noodle for a long time and then uh, they ended up with the Maxfly Fire and the Maxfly Fire Tour and the Maxfly Fire Tour which uh, according to every source that I was able to talk like talk to and understand was the Maxfly Fire Tour was the same ball daily used it was a urethane cover golf ball but what was very interesting is it was a mid-level price point golf ball. So I think at the time it was about $35 Canadian. So in, in the States, that was probably like $29 or $29.99 at the time when most, let's say a B one was $39.99. So that was a good value golf ball. And I, we played those a lot. A lot of the guys I worked with big box store, we played those golf balls because they were cheaper. You know, we we're all work all kids working retail. Like, you know, it was a good it was a golf ball that spun, it went far, but it was cheaper than the other options. And it was it was a really fun golf ball to use. I actually think I have a couple kicking around in my in my shop somewhere. Um it
0: sounds like but, the precept lady.
2: No, three it was three piece though. The lady was only ever two piece, right? Like uh,
0: But I, but I'm just saying, like it's one of those golf balls where where it, it feels like it's you're you're it getting was a, some it was a
1: it was a cult golf ball. You're getting yeah.
0: some you're getting some performance out of a golf ball that You know, it's it's not it's not the high. You don't have to pay a whole bunch for it. Anyway, continue.
2: Yeah, and so that like to me that was like the last time Maxfly did anything, and that was kind of it. And then it became, um, I know, golf work like golf works like W O R K S, the the golf equipment supply company. They would sell their golf bags, and I think it was the reason they do that is because Dix owns the Maxfly brand now, which we'll get into. Yeah, but. They also bought Golf Works as well as a as like a, a component supply company. So I think they do they use that company for distribution to their stores for repair their repair shops as well as to consumers as well. And we have a version of that in Canada, so like you can find Maxfly stuff online, but you can't find it at any other stores unless you cross the border and, and go to like a dick Sporting Goods. But that's it. Like they didn't have anything else. Um, and that I mean. It was kind of like daily, and they tried really hard, and then it just kind of fizzled out. But you can still buy the noodle. But the noodle, which used to be the MaxFly noodle, is now just the noodle because. It's not the TaylorMade,
0: same. Stop the yeah, same ball.
2: TaylorMade owned, for those who are listening, like. Doesn't have the
0: fairy dust anymore.
2: It, it's gone. The fairy dust is all gone. Um, but yeah, so noodle is the noodle brand is owned by TaylorMade. Two piece golf ball sold in like 36 packs. And it was the MaxFly noodle, but they sold the MaxFly brand to exporting goods but they kept the noodle sub brand as its own brand and I'm sure as far as tailoring concerns that golf ball makes a ton of money for a lot of people
0: GD do, do you test or did you test the the Max Fly ball that Lexi's playing did they bring yeah, yeah you did I kind of figured you did
1: okay <laughs> so let me give you let me give you a little background uh, this to me isn't shocking at all Maxfly is one of the kind of the the secrets in the industry in that uh, people just think, Oh, Maxfly, It's a house dicks brand. It's not, they have their own R and D team dedicated. And I'm going to be honest. They've spent a lot of money with me over the years, making sure that these balls are right. And there's a guy named Dave Michaels who is in charge of, um, research and development and he is very very dedicated to making sure that these balls compete and um are equivalent to the top balls in each category um and he succeeded and they have they have made good golf balls it, it, the MaxFly line is pretty extensive within Dix. And they've made good golf balls from top to bottom for years. And I had heard things that, you know, the next step in the process, kind of for legitimacy, was going to be to get a tour player. So this is not surprising to me at all. And it's not surprising that she signed and is playing it because the golf ball tests as well as some of the top golf balls in the industry. So it's. Um, I, I think that this will cause people to look at Maxfly a little closer and when they do they're going to be surprised by what they find in in that these are uh, these are performance golf balls without a doubt. It's
0: it's interesting that you say that because that's all I've been hearing about when I ask when I ask insiders about Maxfly. The quality's good, quality control. Yeah. Is is really tight. Yep. Yeah and and the performance is there but again yeah. to, to your point which is the exact same one that i would have made gene which is people look at max fly and there's this stigma of it being a big box brand yeah. And so automatically you just discount it you you go back to the brands that you know and you would never dare play a max fly golf ball but i think that what max fly is trying to do is brilliant because they're they're bringing back the golf ball with like, they didn't go to the PGA tour and try and pick off some big name that would, that would, they would have to spend a lot of money to do that. Why not get one of the big names on the LPGA tour at the end of the day? We we've said this, how many times guys on this pod, if you want to look at a setup that you should be playing or what kind of gear should, should you consider playing? You should look at what the ladies are playing. Look at what the LPGA tour pros are playing. Those girls could kick your ass on a golf yeah, course, but 100%. but their gear setups are more closely aligned with the average recreational like single digit handicapper because they're they're similar swing speeds. So look at what look at what the LPGA pros are playing. I mean, yeah, sure, it's fun to look at what the PGA tour guys are playing. We do it every week, but this is a really smart move on their part because. If you look at it closely, it's like, all right, it's, it's a, it's a LPGA golfer, but I mean, Lexi, if, if you're on the higher end of the the speed spectrum for a recreational golfer, you're probably swinging it closer to like Lexi speeds. And if she's liking this golf ball, maybe they could see interested in it. I mean, there's been enough chatter about, about the quality of these balls. Now you're, now you're attaching a pro to it and it's not just an, any pro. This is a really fascinating story because when it when I found out about it prior to the announcement, I thought, really? Lexi Thompson? And the first the first thing that I thought about was, man, people are going to see this and they're going to think this is Bubba Watson and Volvik all over again. And that that whole deal just blew up in everybody's face. Bubba stopped playing the ball before the deal was even over. Uh, I I heard all kinds of stories about the inconsistencies that he was seeing and he just he had to go back to his his pro v1 this is this is not the same story Lexi has vetted this ball thoroughly um even like look Alan basbol who <laughs> it his day job for golf.com he he runs the show for our website but Alan did a story where he spoke to to Brett Falkoff who is Lexi's agent he's been Lexi's agent since 2020 and he he laid out the story of how this all happened. So Lexi's deal with Bridgestone, she's been a Bridgestone staffer for, for a while now. Her deal was supposed to come up at the end of, of the end of last year. And Maxfly approached Brett and said, Hey, would would Lexi be interested in exploring a deal with Dick Sporting Goods to play the Maxfly ball? And and Brett is on record as saying he told them absolutely not. There is no way that we're even going to consider playing this golf ball. And lo and behold, Alexi gets a hold of some, some golf balls. And I mean, Brett said it like we were all in shock. It was better than anything else that she tested. It was a nice match. It was a good agreement. I'm sure she's getting paid well. And that's sort of set in motion. This whole deal with Lexi Thompson and Max. I think she finished 16th in her first start with the new ball she said it's it performs really well in the wind it's actually even a little bit lower spinning into the wind which she really likes so i again i think this is we were looking for it we were looking for that one gear signing that was going to actually make a little bit of noise and i told you there wasn't a lot out there this is it lexi thompson and max fly is going to be that big gear story to start 2024.
2: And, and to that point, and this is what I think goes underappreciated, and like, look, I don't mean to sound like a, I, I, it's going to make me sound like an idiot, but like, I'm out here walking the range at Pebble this week. There are 60, what, no, uh, like 70 players in the field. Okay, so it's half, it's a small field, top players in the world. Now look, I can walk around as someone who watches golf, pays attention to golf, knows the names of professional golfers, and I can go, who's that again? I got to walk down the range. I got to look at the front of the bag. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Because first of all, a lot of male golfers on the PGA Tour do not market themselves. They don't even use social media. They don't use social media to like present themselves. They don't put themselves out there. They're there to play golf. They take They take the golf as like the thing that they do. And they don't worry about anything else. And to that point, sure, it's great. Like you make a great living playing golf. But beyond that, like you are not a name that like – Anyone is going to know. Like my dad who watches golf, he always asks me questions about on the weekend. Like he would go, "Who's who won this past week in Hawaii? And I'm like, oh, Chris Kirk. Like he's, he's Like he's a legit tour player. He's won six, seven times. Like really good player, right? No idea. Like he doesn't know who Chris Kirk is, right? Most and a lot of average golf fans know who Lexi Thompson is. And if they don't know even like, you know, they couldn't pick her out of a lineup, they've heard the name. So now you've got a recognizable name using a new product, that is a story. From a marketing perspective, they are getting way more value paying her X amount of dollars than they would get paying a a 25 to 75 or even 50 to 100 ranked player in the world whose agent's going to ask for a lot of money to switch to this product. And yes, it might do well in like a story, but at the end of the day, how much further is that going to go? Right. If this person never wins and has because we, we talk about the tour all the time, right? There's there's not as much turnover at rate right at the top, and that kind of lower level, there's a lot of people that just kind of float in and out. They're very, very good. I'm not I'm not saying they're not good, but like Harris English could walk through the crowd at the Pebble Beach and like people we were going, they wouldn't even know who he is unless he had a name tag that said, I am Harris English, I play pin golf club. Like, <laughs> no offense. It's just the case, it's just the it's just a fact. That's all it is. And like, I come from someone who's in golf and I have people who like fans on the range come up to me and they'll, they can't see the front of the bag and they'll go, who's that? How does that talk when it comes to marketing? People know who likes the People recognize the name. She played in an LPGA tour event last year. She played in a PGA tour event, nearly made the cut. Like, People know who she is. They're getting great yeah. value. And not only that, they make a good product. It's so. it is it is
0: a brilliant marketing move by Max Sly. Again, this is not all about the marketing. It's about the product. And it is a really good golf ball. And now it makes you wonder if Lexi wins, if she does win with this golf ball.
2: It's great. I think, she has, she has I think you start years.
0: I think you start to see some other pros start to consider it. I, well, hell, I I even think you could maybe see some tour pros. I mean, that's what they were going for. They're there have been some interesting stories about what Max Fly was trying to do to drum up interest in in the ball out on tour. Um, they ended up signing Lexi instead of instead of trying to go the the heavier marketing route. But yeah, I could see some other players kicking the tires on the Max Fly ball if she if she wins with it, or hell, even if she just starts you know playing really well and starts top ten in every week.
1: Well, I, I mean, the, 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 the important takeaway here that a lot of people, their eyes are opening to is uh, MaxFly has an R&D department within Dix, and, and they devote a lot of time and resources to testing and making sure that these golf balls are highly, highly competitive with everything else. And, uh, you know, I know because Dix is a massive organization and when they make claims, these claims have to pass legal. And I mean, you know, so they don't they don't cut corners. That's that's what I'm trying to say. They, you know, when when they have an objective and they reach the objective and then they state what the performance characteristics are, you can take that to the bank. And I just think that there's going to be, especially if Lexi wins or, you know, she starts making a splash with this golf ball, there's going to be a little bit of a paradigm shift as to, wow, Dix actually makes really good golf balls in the Max Fly brand. And and that's that's going to be wild to watch because it's like, you know – it's like the Kirkland story. It it's it's just coming from a different angle that we're not used to seeing. And it it I don't know, it makes it makes the golf ball world a little bit more exciting.
0: Makes the gear world more exciting, I think. Yeah. A, a little bit a little bit of a contrarian in amongst the the gear blue bloods. I love it. Well,
1: it just, it just shows you that there's, there's different ways to approach it. And I won't go into like proprietary details, but you know, who they work with, who they design, they're doing stuff that's, uh, right up there with the big boys. And it's, um, you know, that's it, but it's, it's been this secret, you know, people have known about it, but because they haven't. They haven't had that marketing splash. Everybody just goes, oh, Maxfly, that's a that's a house brand for dicks. And 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 I'll tell you this: I test a lot of house brands, and they literally are, you know, some manufacturer in China, they'll just stamp their name on it and they'll come and test and they'll be like, you know, it's a roll of the dice. Like if it performs well, hey, they run with the test results. If it doesn't perform well, eh. They, they don't talk about it. So I mean, I, I do that all the time, but this is a completely different story. This is this this brand has r and D department behind it and dedicated resources.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out, the R and D team, because I think there were probably a lot of people out there who were assuming that this was just some random golf ball that they picked up out of Asia. And yeah, you know, stamp is, stamped the, a, stamped the max fly logo on it and called yeah. it a day. It's it's it is not yeah. that. All right, Pebble time. One of my favorite weeks of the year. I I do not like I do not like the Pro Am part. It's a, it, it's not it there. Seems, anymore. It seems like not, it seems it seems like an absolute beating for the guys. I, I think that's that's why now being a signature event, you get the opportunity to to see some real some real quality golf there this week at pebble rb you were out there today Can be out there tomorrow what's the take i you, you mentioned a couple of gear changes but then you also mentioned some of the am stuff which, which has me interested
2: yeah um so as far as as gear is concerned and, and like pebble beach is concerned i've been someone who has repeatedly said you could play x golf course for like thousand times or you can play Pebble beach one time look i'm not going back on that take okay you know just because you're i'm here i'm not going back on that take but i will say it is a very cool piece of property it's a very cool place to walk around similar to um and my wife asked me this actually today um kind of walking on the golf stick like, you went to st andrew's last year like how does this compare right and like you're just at pinehurst like how does this compare gosh that sounds so smug um i was gonna really say really you've had you awesome. have had a nice little stretch <laughs> Listen, I paid I paid full ticket on my own ride to St. Andrews, okay? Like I'm not
1: like, Oh, I'm st- dying to hear the second part of this tape when you just walked out. But anyways,
2: <laughs> to oh, like man. when you walk around these places that are like historic It's nice to be able to give them shit in person sitting right uh, next to it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and you see like that's where like, you know, Cam Smith hit a putt from here around that bunker on seventeen or walking up i think what is it three four f- like f- five or six like that's where like jordan spieth was standing over the cliff and then you're watching and you're like wow that was like he was actually very close that like he's very close to that cliff and let's be very frank you know the as everyone says TV doesn't do it justice. That's a long way down, it and it is it is a yet. real drop. Yeah. Like that's a real drop down to that beach. Okay, you're, you're gonna die
1: at that drop.
2: Yeah, like I, I I I get that. So like when you walk around and see like this is where certain people hit shots. Gary Woodland chipped from over here on 17 to win the U.S. Open. Like all this stuff, it's very cool. But from like a from an outs- I was, I don't consider myself an insider in the game of golf, and I know that that again that sounds very odd. But like it's so bougie. It's it it when people talk about how you know golf is not welcoming to people of like you know people of color or um, people that are getting new into the game. As someone who's like seen a lot of golf courses, I it feels weird. Like it feels weird walking out because it's like everything's like very expensive, and I don't know like where to go. Like so, I, I get that feeling a little bit. But so it's like this, it's like this weird thing where it's like, yeah, I'm here. It's very cool. But like, you know, I don't know how to act around some of this stuff because it is, it feels so fancy. But as far as like the golf course is concerned, it's amazing. The practicality, great. The hay is dope. It is such a cool short course. It is like, I asked, I was like, can I go play? But they haven't blocked off for volunteers. All the volunteers get to go play as much as they want, which I think is is like a great setup. It's such a great setup. So, like, it is really fun to see that. But anyways, enough of me, like, talking about, like, my own, like, personal opinions and stuff. But, like, as far as gear is concerned, it is a little bit of a slower week, naturally. But we are still seeing more players get into SM10. Aaron Dill is working like a madman out there. That man is everywhere. He was in San Diego. You saw him
1: at the Torrey Pines. I see him at the – at the PGA show on Monday, didn't see him because j was in his hotel room the whole time because of the rain. <laughs> I
0: <was> going to <laughs> say, I, I didn't I didn't want to to regale people with that story. I I just oh you guys laughed because I was sending you videos from my, my hotel room in downtown San Diego as I was watching the storm drains start to spew water out the other direction, <laughs> manhole <laughs> covers with the water popping out. Anyway, that's that's my story. But yeah, that Monday was. Was biblical rain in Santa Diego. Oh, I see, I like see him in
2: Orlando. Now I'm here. I'm seeing him again. The man is everywhere. Um, JJ Titleist was working with um, uh, Wyndham Clark, who still noted TSI player working into TSR. Uh, he knows it as as he said, like he knows it's a faster driver.
1: Um, just yeah, trucking. he's way behind the <laughs> curve playing TSI. Uh, I mean, it's like ooh.
2: So they're they're working into it. Actually, very funny. Uh, little moment on the range jj walked over and as soon and the first drive web hit he probably slowed his swing speed down to like 80 miles an hour and like intentionally topped it and he goes yeah this one just doesn't work um, <laughs> it um it's really funny like, these guys do have a sense of humor out there um but again a lot of sm10 titleist guys were busy um ping guys were out there working with putters uh dylan was out there like grinding with uh, a number of players just kind of going through some stuff Guys, guys, we're kind of working with a few players. Um, I got to shoot and talk a, like a tiny, tiny bit with uh Nick Dunlap. His bag—that's cool.
0: What's what's Dunlap yeah. like?
2: Seems he's like nice a nice guy. Player. He's a tall, lanky kid. That kid—he's got how much do you weigh? Do you think? Well, I don't want to say how much I weigh, but no. How much does he weigh? I not I know, but I'm, you trying I like I'm trying to judge. I'm trying to judge. He's, he's a
0: he's a strapping lad. I'm sure he's a
2: strapping dude. I would yeah. say he's probably close. He's. I would say he's probably close to like 195. Really? But he's a he's a big, he's tall. He's tall I know, kid. I know he's tall, but he looks skinny. He no, but his shoulders he's are, big, shoulders right? are yeah, big, Yeah, he seems He's like a broad right. broad
0: dude. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Um, so one of the reps from True Tepper Keenan knows him really well. Um, although they went to different colleges, that's no other they bug each other about that stuff. But um, I got to go up and shoot his bag. Pretty like I don't, I don't want to say generic stuff, but like you know, pretty a, a bag you'd see of a good player. He's got the LS driver from TaylorMade. Did, we did the what's in the bag, the the winners bag um, on the site. But the one thing which is really interesting, his potter is beat. You don't see it, and I got pictures of it. I post actually it's posted on on Instagram. Um, it's got a black finished shaft on it, and you know I hear amateur golfers all the time. It's like I don't want to nick things up, I don't want to ding things up from. Halfway down the shaft to the head of that golf club, there are chips galore. There are layers of the coating stripped off that shaft. And he's just like, I'm rolling with it, man. Like, he doesn't care. And I think that's kind of funny because, you know, these guys find a golf club and they stick with it. And the putter is, is a perfect example of it. Um
1: made the six footer do made uh, the six
2: footer make him well he didn't make himself any money. He made him see made himself two years
1: of made, made him made himself a pro off of that. That's true. So, you know. That was um, that was
0: such a ballsy up and down too.
1: That was awesome. It was such ah. a, it was so much fun to watch. I I don't
2: I don't sit around. And, I know we did not talk with last week because we had the interview, but like I don't sit around and watch a lot of golf. Like, I mean, I do like on Sundays, I'll kind of be like, okay, who's, who's winning? Where's the leader at? And then like check in and I, I follow it. Like I very much follow but my, we don't talk day to day about the results and shots that were hit and all that stuff. So I don't really like sit down all the time. I'm like, not that I'm calling my kids in cause they really care, but like, we finished dinner and I was like, honey, I'm going to go downstairs and like watch the rest of this golf. Cause this is like, this is a big deal. This, this is, this is this, is, this has not happened in 30 years. This is really cool to watch and my kids like coming downstairs like in the basement where the tv is and watching golf after dinner if it's on and they're like was that cool and i'm like i'm like excited i'm like sitting on the edge of my seat watching this go down and i said this putt like this putt could change this kid's life like legitimately change this kid's life and he made it not only did he make it he poured it right in the middle and then you know two weeks later like this lumpy guy on the range from golf.com is like holding up his putter taking pictures of it and you know flipping it over and getting pictures of lead tape on the bottom and all that stuff so Uh, It it, that was cool to see, Um, but you know he's still he's still one of those guys. Like you know his first time being out on the the whole range, he's like talking to people and like they're showing him putters. He's talking about like what he likes about his putter and stuff. They're just because it's an older model. Um, Is that the only
0: non? He's got a couple. He's got a couple of non TaylorMade clubs in the bag, right?
2: Yeah, he's got a Ping three wood and um, a Strixon utility ZX utility with a with the big beastie uh, hazardous 105 um
0: i wonder that, that, that feels like a scotty scheffler
2: special it's very similar it is it is like a, a thing like they, they a lot oh like you that. have
1: to you have to tell your scotty scheffler story because that's a cool. good. so one. we'll get to yes yeah, so but, but 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 before we get to that i, I do want to say it's going to be interesting to watch dunlap you know like if he has that kind of sophomore slump, and I know that sounds really weird because he just won a tournament. I going to say he just won a yeah. damn
0: tournament. Give Slump. Give
1: me out. Nobody knew his name going into that tournament. Well, I mean, they knew his name. He won. You know, won, he, 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 he was a noted college player, but nobody gave him you know any chance of anything higher than maybe what a top twenty-five. You know, and. and the, the, the point is, now RB is taking pictures of his putter. Like, he has a lot of time uh, commitments now that he didn't before. And that, um, that requires an intense amount of focus. That requires a really good team to, you know, separate and say, okay, you get X amount of time and then the player stays focused and that's a lot for a young kid who just like was thrown into this. So it'll be interesting. I mean I'm rooting for him and I want him to succeed, but it'll be interesting to see cuz he's a flat out player. He he won a PGA tournament as an amateur. That is amazing. But now he's been thrown in the lion's den. Like everybody wants a piece of him. Everybody wants to talk to him. Everybody wants, you know, something from him and can he maintain that focus while you know, he, he gets that kind of um, uh, exposure. Um, and I, I think at some point, you know, even if he stumbles a little bit, he'll write the ship just because of his pure talent. But it's just like, it's it's just so weird. You know, I remember seeing a quote. I was actually down in Palm Springs that weekend. And I remember like, you know, going online and seeing Justin Thomas saying something about, can't believe that, you know, some college kids competing, you know, on, on Saturday and suddenly he wins the thing on Sunday and it's just a whole new ball game for him. I
0: so. mean, the guys that he played with on, on Sunday, oh, a C- couple, couple I mean, of, a couple of decent guys who just played in the Ryder cup, Justin Thomas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sam Burns is right there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, man. Anyway, incredibly impressive from from Nick Dunlap, but it, also center shaft to putters RB. I don't want to. I don't want to steal any of yeah, your thunder. Yeah, but. yeah.
2: So like two two. Uh, this will this will change the last like kind of thing I saw. But you know, I was thinking, I was watching. So I did watch the last little bit of Tory on Saturday and uh, Matthew Pavon, Hopefully, I pronounced that right. Pavon. Um, Pavon. Um, we do have French Canadians as well. So, like, he, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to verse myself. Um, but he uses a center shafted putter. And then I was thinking about it. I said, well, it's not quite a center shaft. I know it's slightly different, but like from a visual perspective, it looks center shafted. Grayson Murray won with a lab putter recently. And as I'm walking the range today, I noticed that basically every company, even Scotty Cameron, who has definitely shied away from it, at least on tour, again, this is a tour part. It's not a, it's not a part available for retail has a center shafted model. Now PXG didn't have a, a um, a, a putter bag out today. I know they've got center shafted models. Odyssey's got center shafted models. bettinardi has got center shafted models. I took pictures of kind of almost every center shafted model on the, on the green. And I started thinking, I was like, they're kind of making a bit of a comeback. You talk to a lot of high-level fitters, and they don't necessarily like them for average golfers. But if you give these these, these tools to players that are very aware of face angle and alignment and all those things, I think that's way more important than saying like it's not as forgiving, or face angle control is, is more difficult because you're talking about the best players in the world. So it is an interesting thing to see. And I think that. We're going to see a few more players kind of probably maybe looking at them. They do kind of pick them up once in a while. Um, And that goes into the fact that there's a lot of these older – and a lot of the putters now that are center shots that are older, like Pavon's or um, Mackenzie Hughes, another pin guy. Basically, I think he kind of plays a very, very similar putter with the TR grooves and the whole bit. So – I don't know. I, it's a, I think to me it's a trend that I, I really want to follow because I can think of a number of years ago people asked, where are the center shafts putters? Where are the center shafts putters? And they're starting to kind of filter back out again. I think OEMs are hearing that. I think some players have gravitated toward it, even just from an alignment perspective. So that is something that I want to follow. But as far as putters is concerned, and this was like the big one today, I got a lot of pictures. I'm trying to figure out how I want to share – this story like from a written perspective, it's, it's not like something that's really super easy to digest. Uh, but Scotty, Scotty Scheffler was out there today. Uh, Logan Olson from Olson Manufacturing. Now, look, they have not announced anything official. But if we are going to play detective, this is all open information. OK, he has worked with a lot of tailor made players so far. Ellie Corda is one of them. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, obviously people have talked about it a lot. Corda's
0: um, not but, playing the putter anymore, though. I mean, we're, we're – No, she,
2: they, they showed yeah. her testing and, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah that she's is back, She's true. back
0: to a Cameron for those yeah. that are and, curious. And
2: just one recently over in, in that uh, playoff on the LPGA event, uh, on the LPGA Tour recent event. But he's out there and he's working with the team. And so, anyways, open information. If you go to – if you get like a newsletter from – Logan Olson, like it says, the address and the address is Taylor May's head office address now. So look, you guys connect the dots. All right, it's out there. This is public.
0: Oh yeah, my 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 buddy bought one of the the like first batch, the number one um, batch that just came out recently, and he had mentioned that that he had reached out to ask a question, and it he was directed to a to a Taylor May email address. <laughs> so, so I, yeah. I mean cool. yeah, exactly like you said, connect the dots.
2: So he's out there, he's got, he waited around and talked to him for a little bit during the day and just like talked about how he got into putter making, just like, you know, where you, where you got into like getting into this stuff. And then he's got some putters under some head covers. I could not look at them. I respect that. fact that he would not let me look at them at the time. And that was cool. Um, but he you should at least let out. you
0: look at them. I mean, you're not going to take pictures, but well, I looked, but, okay.
2: On, I looked, but I didn't take pictures. Let's put it that way. Okay, good. All right. So I, you saw right I saw them. Good. And then he worked – Scotty comes down to the putting green. He's got the whole entourage. He's got Ted Scott carrying the bag fishing golf balls out of the hole. He's got Adrian from TaylorMade. He's got – there's a social media guy there. They got Logan Olson there with like five five putters, including the one that – like Scotty's gamer. And then Phil Kenya's kicking around too.
0: Was was Scotty testing?
2: He was testing. And he looked like – it looked like – yeah, they did not – convey information but i was within 15 20 feet of them you want a they damn were,
0: tournament with that new with that new
2: olsen putter he was conveying feel the, talking about sound this one feels heavier this one feels soft so maybe feedback um, on
0: on some other stuff that might
2: be talking about moi talking about alignment and what was really neat and this is something that i think i could probably approach i got some really they're not they're not like grainy pictures but they're zoomed in pictures because i could not get in to like take pictures of it stuff but they were using dry erase marker To see where he was hitting it on the putter face now on a personal note he is down a rabbit hole that i am uncomfortable with but it is very interesting to hear his feedback talking to this because logan is giving his feedback on what goes into making a putter what goes into like you know changing these different design elements of putters the alignment but there's a lot going on here man like in my head i'm like all these other players there are a lot of players on tour john rom week before the i don't know Ryder cup they hand him a putter and they go john this is the ai putter from odyssey like what do you think it's the same shape that you always use and he goes out there puts freaking lights out is the star of the show and he doesn't think twice about switching this putter and and scotty's out there he's got five guys around i'm trying to figure out this stuff I'm like man you need to just like i'm sure sh- again i'm sure a lot of people have the same opinion you need to get out you need to chill you need to get out your own head just go back to that party you won the Masters with, and go have some fun. There you go. But it was very interesting to watch that process. Uh, I will share some pictures about like kind of that what was going on. Um, but it was it's it's very interesting. I think I think the reason is again inside industry, but like no knowledge is like TaylorMade's head of product for putters had uh, recently retired, and I think they're looking for someone to really be a liaison with the tour players. And Logan is that guy. He knows the ins and outs of manufacturing. He knows the ins and outs of talking to people. Uh, I watched him communicate. He's a very good communicator. Talked to him today. Um, Bucky does a good job. But, but, and listen, Bucky does a really good job. But what Bucky does is he focuses a lot on spider. Yeah. That man knows the ins and outs of working those damn spider putters. Yeah. Insane. Like They don't even really carry the, the TP reserve putters out on tour because – so many guys love the spider that it's harder to kind of work with guys with it. And they're testing out different
0: inserts now too.
2: Yeah. Like they, they've got Bucky's out there working his butt off and he's a great, he knows the ins and outs of those spider putters so much, but I think for players who are looking for the other option, that's where Logan comes in. And for Scheffler, who is, you know, the big Taylor man guy other than Rory, they're trying to help him out. They're trying to figure this out. What
1: Uh, about the big, big guy who sits out there? What do you mean Tiger? Well, there's Tiger. But Tigers with
2: <laughs> Tigers got you a know, Scotty. He's not changing no, that. I mean, I he's Scotty's driving around in some truck fixing it in the back of a parking lot when he won the Buick 20 years ago, right? That's what I'm saying. But anyways, it is. It's like it is. it Watching some of these guys go through equipment, like physically dive into the ins and outs. Some guys pick stuff up, love it, and don't even think about it. Yeah. Other guys like Scotty watch him go through that process. It's as fascinating as like an outside observer as it is as a golfer. I'm like, man, here's was my buddy, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be like, listen, listen, dude, we gotta go out there, we're gonna forget about all this
1: stuff, we're just gonna have some fun we're gonna have an
0: intervention.
1: We're gonna have an intervention. But it's 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 time. It's it's hundred percent time for but, but to watch the process
2: <laughs> is fascinating because you no know, they, the putter, as, a, as a guy who builds putters, he's like, yeah, he's kind of like part, he's like psychologist, right? Like, what are you thinking? What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Like, it's deep in the weeds, man. That's
1: you, deep, you deep, get,
0: deep. You can get very deep in the weeds at the putter. Gene's about to ready to fall asleep. So, why don't, why don't we wrap this pot up?
1: No no, 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 I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm doing all right. Okay. But we have, we have covered a lot. I was saying
0: we, we have, we have covered a lot. Did we cover the yams before we wrap this pod?
1: No, we
2: haven't, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of like old gear kicking around in bags. Dude. And I love it. Because yeah. these guys, no offense, it costs like 80 grand to play in this thing. These guys aren't lacking money. These guys aren't lacking status. Is that really these guys
0: what it cost? Lacking. It costs 80k to play in the Pro Amp?
2: Yeah, I think it was like last year. First of all, you have to be invited. Well, yeah. It's it's you, like it's
1: you, like if you if you got you, you gotta, you you gotta, have
0: gotta get a spot to be able to to earn the right to pay 80 grand.
1: Well, the, the but I thought they so and I'm going to probably stumble on this, but they got rid of all the celebrities, you know, the ones that, I mean, they got rid of the Bill Murray's, the Ray Romano's, and they wanted to go more athlete focused. Yeah. I I saw Pau Gasol playing with, uh, Kyle Morikawa. Yeah. And I've, I've seen Pau out here before. He's not a good golfer. (laughs) Great basketball player. Not a good golfer. I mean, he rolled in a decent putt today, but the, the, but Like, were you seeing, like, the tech icons and the – I
2: I think I saw some tech guys. Um,
1: Josh Allen was out here. Josh Allen's been out here a lot. Yeah. he doesn't want to be out here (laughs) since he was was playing Super Bowl. But that's another story.
2: Um, But, no, it was – like, it's it's, – like, people are building clubs for him. Like, Josh Allen, a pretty good golfer. Like, there is – From a celebrity perspective, there's a lot of guys who like just and it's kind of one of those things we talk about all the time. And you mentioned it right off the top when we talked about equipment is there are people who are just not tuned in and they just they're just like hoping that the person who's like communicating with them is going to help them find gear. Right. And again, we're seeing i am seeing golf bags from like the top private clubs all around the United States and like some logos I got to look up like that's that's where I'm at here. All right. but to, to watch these guys work on the range, like it's still interesting because like some of the OEMs are talking to them and do you need anything? Do you want to try anything? And, you know, some guys are seeing stuff that, that does work better. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, even people who get play some of the nicest golf courses in the world and get access to all kinds of stuff, like, they're still looking for an edge, right? And they still don't know where to look. They might be the, the – the, golf is the equalizer. Right. It's not like it's not like a celebrity basketball game where someone like if I go to, you know, do a layup on LeBron James, I'm going to get smoked. (laughs) Right. But if we're playing a part three course, like we're on equal ground. Right. Like we all have we all have equal playing field when it comes to the game of golf because no one's trying to tackle us. It's us against the elements. It's us against the course. And on that level, I think it is this like interesting perspective where you're watching people who have access to lots of stuff and they're still learning. About the game because they like everyone else wants to improve on it, and watch they're grinding. We and I, look this. I think one of the greatest benefits of this tournament, if you are someone who is lucky to play in it, and I realize I'm talking to like you know so many people in this pro am, and none probably none of them listen to this, is that they get free reign of pebble. Like it's Tuesday afternoon. There's no practice around The pros are going out. They're doing their little bit, and I just watch a pro walk up or not a pro and am walk up and. Say, oh, is there like, is there room to go out now? And they're just, you know, out there with their, their significant other and their caddy and whoever, and they're walking around like, look, the tournament's cool, but like I got pebbled to myself. There's no, nobody, mill Marshall up my butt telling me to play faster. That's the coolest part of this whole bit. I don't want to be on TV on Saturday or Friday or whatever. I want to be out here with like my friends and family walking around this private piece of property. That's just like the coolest thing. Um, but they're grinding. They're, they're out there working real hard. And I think it's kind of fun. They want to play good. I know we talked about it. We actually, there was an article on golf.com. Two top tips for people who are playing in in pro ams, and they're good ones. Like, I think one of them is play faster and, you know, just have fun because you got to enjoy it. It's a pretty cool experience to be able to do that. And here to be able to do it, I think is even cooler.
0: Yeah. It's a good place to wrap. Episode 226, fully equipped. Gene and Arby get to spend a few more days at Pebble. (laughs)
1: they're canceling the practice around tomorrow we have what's called the pineapple express coming through and it's going to be like biblical rain tomorrow oh really kids. oh yeah so they, they can't well they've canceled for the public <laughs> um yeah it's, it's enjoy the it's, rain it's, boys <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be messy. It's going to be like San Diego part two. Oh, in man. The, in- I heard. I heard yeah. the
0: back end. We. I was talking to the guys at Tory on Tuesday. Once the rain has subsided, we didn't realize we were going to have to, to break out an arc. But yeah, they were saying that the back end of the week at Pebble was supposed to be pretty dicey. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get in all all four rounds because I've seen I've seen way too many Pebble events where it was it was a shortened 54 it's it's that's never fun nobody wants to see a slog out there or be hit before before again I, I said we're gonna wrap it i did forget to ask you this did you go take a peek at cyprus
2: no i didn't Dude. no i haven't i haven't had the chance oh, i've been so busy you I haven't had the chance and it's gonna be biblical
0: tomorrow you should you should really if you can
1: peek out. No one will you got you
0: got to go to that
1: spot you just gotta drive by. It was there, funny. there's a parking
0: uh, lot right there. Just
1: park, and yeah, you can just you, can lot, you look over the fence. Believe it or not, in yes, and uh, yeah. so it's funny. My my brother and I we played Pacific Grove, and we I said let's go. You know, let's go have a drink at the uh, inn at Spanish Bay, and Seventeen Mile Drive. They said, oh, by the way, everything's closed. You know, because of the tournament, you can't go. Well, of course, anything everything wasn't, but it just. If anybody's in this neck of the woods on Seventeen Mile Drive, the bunkering at Cypress that you—it's it, such an interesting golf course because there's so many holes that are right off of Seventeen Mile Drive that you can see, but the bunkering is some of the most interesting bunkering I've seen on a golf course, and it's just yeah, it's 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 an inc- but have you played have you so played excited-
0: Cypress right, Gene? No, I'm not. Okay. No, like, I'm ah, not. yes, I'm the only one on this podcast.
1: <laughs> have you? So you played it? Yeah. Huh? yeah. So I, I mean, I told
0: I told RB where where the spot was that he needs to go. There's there is there is a a and it's like I don't want to just like again we don't this podcast isn't that big so like who really cares and I mean you'd have to make a trip to Cyprus to actually experience it. But, you gotta pay
2: twelve dollars to drive seventeen. But there's drive. if you if you
0: are in the area off a seventeen mile drive, there is a an outlook for Fan Shell Beach, okay? And it's just off it's just off fourteen before you cross the street to go to fifteen. Yep. and you can park there, and I mean seriously, all it is is just uh just a metal a metal railing right there between you and you and Cyprus, you and the the fourteenth old Cyprus and there are some gnarly trees on that hole it's a par 4 and i mean you could hang out there and all i mean seriously the the walk to 15 is is like a stone's throw away
1: yeah, no, it's, it's, so, it's, 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 you an, can, I mean, if, roll, roll, what's, roll the dice, you know, if there's somebody there, just go, just go hey. You're not encouraging trespassing. I,
0: well, we are not, we are 100% not encouraging trespassing, Clamer. although I've heard you plenty of scared. stories. They, they shut the golf course down, um, one day a year. I think it was, I think it was Thanksgiving or was it Christmas? Anyway, one of them. And they, they, they. Uh, I had to talk to a couple of guys that said that they started having to get security because people that day would just start trying to go to 15 and 16 to hit shots.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, it's mostly it's, 16, but 15 it is a, is a very underrated par three.
1: What's what's so interesting is when you drive by the entrance, there's no security Nothing. gate. Nope. It just says it just says Cypress. Private cor- private golf course members only. And that's out. it. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's very understated clubhouse. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's my favorite. That that and that and Pine and, Valley. And,
1: and this and this is Cyprus. from a humble brag that's played Augusta too. Yeah. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I have I have played the trifecta, but yes, Cypress for me, man. It was have it you was. Played,
1: have you played Pine Valley?
0: I have. I played Pine Valley.
1: Oh, I hate you! <laughs> I really hate <laughs> uh, you. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm the outside.
0: I'm an outsider. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I've 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 played I'm I'm one of the lucky few that has played the Trifecta. And wow. uh, consider myself incredibly grateful to have done it. But Cyprus was was amazing. The the whole day, like chamber of commerce day, weather could not have been better. Um, the company that I had for the round the best we had so many laughs it was just a cool day cool experience but the golf course it lived up to it and, and more and i can't i can't say that about every golf course that i've been super excited to play but definitely cypress again that's the end of my humble brag let's wrap the pod yeah. <laughs> that'll do it for episode 226 of fully equipped as always check us out on our social channels we are at fully underscore equipped on twitter i will not call it x and we are at fully equipped golf on our new YouTube page and also on Instagram. Thanks as all for listening. We'll see you next week.